This episode of RFC Extra is courtesy Evangelus of WTF at TFW. This is the Friday night podcast panel from TFCon USA 2017. Had a lot of fun here tonight on this panel. Uh, there were representatives from WTF at TFW, the Sabertron.com, Twincast podcast, transmissions, and of course, RFC. And TFYLP if you count Don. Without further ado, let's go ahead and go to the panel. All right, everybody, I think we are yes, pendulating. I made up a word. We're going to go cross side. Oh, Lord. I'm just going side to side. Now. We're working on the coupling. We, we got the V-shaped table that I always wanted. This is great. I can see everybody. I'm so happy. Hi, everyone. We are doing a podcast roundtable panel, and you're all here for it, whether you knew it or not. Uh... This is for Friday, because today's Friday. The show has not yet begun, and I need to get my Google Doc open. While I'm doing that, I would like everyone here uh, to introduce themselves. Let's start from the left and just go across the table, so uh, go right ahead. Hello, my name is Headmaster Don. Perhaps you've heard of me. I'm a uh, member of the Radio Free Sauerstrom family of shows, and also a member of TFYLP. Actually, not have a headmaster on your RC from Hascon, or was that a, was that a thing? Is he still alive? Then yes, it was there. Okay, because <laughs> I just saw one part of the joke, and I was like, "That's cosmic in a way." <laughs> but uh, Don has been asking for headmaster RC for twenty-three, twenty-three years, and so how how cosmic would it have been if when they finally made one, his was the one where they forgot to put the head in? I really wanted to ship it to him without the head, but... Uh, <laughs> Come to TFCon. That package was challenging. Well, just a few minutes ago, Aaron Archer uh, actually saw me and shook my hand and said it was nice to see me again, and I said I finally got my RC, and he grinned and walked off. So, <laughs> so that's somewhat karmic right there as well. He was grinning because he knew that if he was still a head or a dumb, he would never got that figure. <laughs> Why don't you use yourself? I am Doug Gaston from Radio Free Cybertron also. And I also uh, do some reviews similar to Fandles. Reviewing toys. Reviewing toys. <laughs> yes, panel just now, all about subjective. And uh, on YouTube at RC Reviews. <laughs> Hello, I'm Sky B. I'm from the Cybertron.com Twincast podcast. Oh, and, and that's about all I do. Not a lot going on. No, no. Anyway, do you guys do you guys podcast hard or do you guys podcast hard? We always go hard. All right, every time. Excellent. Um, my name's Chris. I'm with WTF and TFW for the TFW 2005 podcast. Um, I always go double hard all the time. Uh, it is. They said I should not be podcasting longer than four hours. And I said, no, I love podcasting. You can't make me stop. And then the blood clot formed, and I had to pause for a weekend. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I'm John DeLuna. I work for Brian Kilby, who you'll meet in a moment. And I do RFC shows on TFRO.net. Uh, semi-weekly, ideally weekly, mostly monthly. But if you want more of John, you have to talk to my boss, Brian. You, does your boss know you're here? Boss, do you know I'm here? Yes. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm Counterpunch from the Sabertron.com Twincast podcast. Hello, Counterpunch. What's going on, man? 
Hello, I'm Brian Philby, uh, host of Radio Free Zebratron, your host and friend for nearly 18 years. I'm Yoshi from the uh, Transmissions Podcast. I'm one of four people and the only one that showed up because I Yeah. You I was like, all right, Transmissions has been here. Like, I, Transmissions is kind of the foundation of the American version of the podcast roundtable. And I was like, all right, I can't wait to see Daryl. Can't wait to see Charles. Can't wait to see Yoshi. And Yoshi was like, yeah, I'm the only one coming because uh, I guess Yoshi's the only real podcaster. The only real Donatrion. That's a deep cut on a podcast I'm not even part of. Um, I also want to throw out there, Radio Free Cybertron has been around so long, I believe I listened to some of it when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> we chatted on uh, we chatted on IRC back in the day, if I recall. Anyone remember IR Internet Relay Chat? <laughs> Any, anyone sometimes pretend like you don't because you're afraid if you say you do, people are going to be like, oh, it's one of those IRC people. <laughs> From back when I still remember my ICQ number, but yeah, um, I, I distinctly recall when you guys did the um, audio version kind of parody of the, the TF movie with Zabavor as everyone else. Yes, yeah, so I basically did everybody but Galvatron, and I did a really bad Galvatron. It was fantastic Galvatron, though, because I was like, hey, it's Brian Kilby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was really cool, and I, I remember listening to that uh, while going to fencing practices, and then RFC disappeared for a bit, and then when we started WTF, there was a period where I was telling everyone, like, we should just bring up RFC a whole bunch as, like, the granddaddy podcast, and then it actually came back? Um, I wanted to ask you a quick question before we get into the meat sure. of this, and I know you've been asked this a billion times, but I want to ask you, um, so what you were doing was basically a podcast. It was like an audio report on the Alt Toys Transformers Usenet goings on. Want to feel old, by the way? Usenet. Um, <laughs> I am old. <laughs> um, so when you saw a podcast become an actual, uh, I guess, genre, not sure if that's the right word, but like media, a media, I would say. Yeah, media. Um, did you get a feeling of like, oh, cool? Did you get a feeling of like, hey, hold on a second? Well, yeah, I mean, so when I had the idea originally for doing it, I, was, I just basically stole it. From, I'm working radio for about a year at that point, and we actually just downloaded, like, the weather and crap like that, traffic reports in MP3, and I'm like, hey, I can do that. And uh, so, I mean, it wasn't my idea by any stretch, but, yeah, I thought, hey, crap, I did that five, six years ago. I should probably get back into this. Nice. And then, and then you got back, back into it. Yeah, I'm obsessive-compulsive. <laughs> All right, well, uh, what we want to do primarily here is talk about what we're looking forward to at the show since the show hasn't happened yet, and if we start talking about things we saw at the show, we might be lying. Um, but, man, it sure was great how I just got all the exclusives, just waltzed right into the dealer room, just bought them all uh, this morning on Saturday. It was really you paid, you paid for yours? Uh, who? I haven't met him. Um, but so I want to talk about what we're looking forward to at the show, and uh, I want to do this just to mix things up a little bit. By show. So, how's about uh, the Sabertron Twincast podcast folks go ahead and tell us what they're looking forward to? Uh, exercising my rampant consumerism and buying a lot of things. That's what I'm looking forward to. You can probably expand on why I'm going to do that. I'm looking forward to the Aaron Archer panel. I mean, we're actually big Armada fans, the whole Armada trilogy. Um, we have a ridiculous minicon collections. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, and Bob too. So getting to like sit down and talk with him and kind of reveal the depths of that. <laughs> Bizarre. Is he done? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
Not, okay. not with the lucky draws. That's whatever. That, yeah. I mean, does anyone really count lucky draws? Yeah. Yeah. Bob would. Look at him. But those, pe- hey. th- th- those aren't people. <laughs> yeah, those are like... So this is, I don't know why, but whenever I think about the lucky draw people, I just always start talking about Tony Preto. Because that's the only name I remember as a guy who has lots of lucky draws. And so in my head, I've turned Tony Preto into less of a person and more of the phantom of the lucky draw. I mean, his uh, boots at conventions past are usually the only places I have actually seen those in, in real life. So I, I understand that. It makes sense. But, but not lucky draw mini cons. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where to next? Uh, they, I don't know. Tell them about the redecos that aren't really redecos that you're still going to buy. There are, yeah. Yeah, there's the ones that come with bigger figures that are different from the other bigger figure, but then the Minicon isn't actually any different. And, uh, there's probably a few of those. There's a handful of those. And then there's the ones that we don't even know about. Like, uh, did you know that the Micron Legend uh, roll bar uh, is different depending on whether or not you get it in Japanese or Korean packaging? Because the uh, Korean one has the later Energon remolding to actually have the Minicon faction symbol on the back. I used to feel bad about this temptation I had to start collecting Japanese animated, now that I'm almost done regular animated, but I feel really good. What's worse is there's like a few of us that do this, and like someone will find out, and you'll send a text message, and, and lots the, of the follow-up is, yeah, and I just bought the last one, so... Uh. In this collector field of five, where there are four pieces of the item, someone has to be removed. Uh, quick question, Aaron Archer panel, is that the one you pre-register for? Yeah. Oh, I heard that was really good in Toronto. I'm looking forward to that. I, I don't normally get to do convention extras, but this time I arrived a day early, did the custom class. I'm doing the Archer panel, too, so very excited. Sweet. Well, um, Yoshi, you're over there. Hi. What's up? What? Yoshi, you're always looking forward to cool stuff. Every time you talk about things you get, I'm like, man, that Yoshi guy's cool. We don't talk about, <clears throat> we don't talk about a lot, do we? Well, yeah, it's mostly when I'm, like, on the podcast and you're there, and that that might only be once. That might only be once. I'm usually, like, filling in for, like, you and or Charles, if yeah. I show up on that one. Well, we need, we need, we need you. We need yeah, you. The Donatrions. The Donatrions. Need the representation. That's right. Um, I'm huge into art. I, I love the comic aspect. I love comic book art. That's... That's my big draw for this. I, uh, I pre-commissioned a uh, Rick and Morty Transformers crossover from Matt Mullen, who isn't here anymore. He couldn't find his passport, so he's going to have to mail that to me. Uh, I pre-commissioned a, um, uh, a McFarlane homage from Casey Pollard, uh, and I uh, commissioned from Josh Bertram a, uh, a Tesla reimagined as an Autobot. Um, and I'm hoping to get Mr. Archer to do something for me. So those are the big things I'm really, I'm really stoked about. I kind of want to get because Josh Burcham was tweeting he actually has a little art book done now. I've seen it, and I kind of want to get one. It's beautiful, and I don't know what to get him to sketch in it because I never know when I'm put on the spot. I'm always like oh, Omega Spring because that's my joke. Hmm. It's a stupid action master. Um, I want, I want to see your haul when you're done. Right. We'll talk about this on Sunday. Okay. Um, going on to uh, the RFC folks. Uh, what, starting over here, I guess. What are you looking forward to? So for me, I mean, BotCon no longer exists, so TFCon is really the Transformers convention, of course. So for me, it's a family reunion. I mean, I'll go through the deal room maybe once. I, I may go to a couple of panels, but I'm mostly here for friends and to see people. And it's awesome for that. 
Uh, I've been really pleased with uh, the handful of TFCons I've been to. They've been, they've been a blast, and the reason I come back, and they're Transformers here, so that's, that's a plus. There are, there are Transformers here? A couple. Sweet. I came for the machine robo. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. I'll jump in and go next. Uh, I come to see the RFC podcasting family. We keep growing and doing more podcasts, and our family keeps growing, so that's that's good. And I come to see the fans and the people you know that I interact with all throughout the year on uh, various sites about Transformers. And I, I didn't think I was going to buy any toys, but damn MMC for making those two asterisk mode figures that I'm going to have to buy now. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just a good place to come out and hang out. So uh, Brian and Diecast played the uh, touchy-feely card. And I like people, and I like Transformers, and I like people who like Transformers. But I also like the uh, toys. So I'm looking forward to the uh, third-party preview panel. Um, for all the grief I've given, like the third-party Dinobot cottage industry, I do look forward every year on Twitter as an observer seeing, seeing the see big slideshow. Are we seeing Springer number eight? Yeah. Is it going to be a Springer year or a Snarl year or a Slag year? I don't know. But um, I do look forward to, in all seriousness, the third-party panel just because like the explosion of creativity, even if it's concentrated into a few of their favorites, uh, it's always interesting. And so I'm sure this year will be another... Um, interesting year for a couple of cool reveals here and there. So, looking forward to that. I always kind of like the reveals at the third party panel where it's like, it's such a silhouetted CAD model, it's kind of like you know it's never going to get made. But it's like this little glimpse into a dream for just a moment, where you're like, <laughs> they really want to do that! Like, I don't know, something really ins- like inspiring about it, even though it's kind of shrouded in this pessimistic era if it's also never going to happen. That was Overlord for a while. Every time we saw Overlord, yeah. it ended up not happening. Because so. it's like, you know, worst case, we're seeing someone's study material and I'm like, it's still, you know what? You're trying. Trying to figure out how to make this real and that's cool. <laughs> um, uh, is anyone for uh, Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Like, man, terrible. Has anyone for that panel ever given like a fake slide? Like they're never going to make it they just give you a silhouette? Uh, I think they did the image for RC one year from I know I've seen silhouettes in there that were so nondescript and also never happened that I began to misremember them as being part of another company's media package. Where I was like, hey, remember that weird silhouette for that Predaking or whatever, or like an Overlord? And then it turns out like I was thinking of some other company who ended up never releasing anything. Wasn't it like the last two years of Fans Projects product? Yeah, that's a, that's almost like Someday I hope we can just have the panel about that, but I also feel like that might be shrouded in legalities or something that like, or blood feuds or or black holes opening in the middle of a cargo space somewhere on the planet. Like, well, I'll just sit around and snarl about it. Just friggin', uh, we're, we're gonna. I was trying to figure out how to say Stegosaurus, but it's not happening. So you win. You win yes, this time. Uh, Counter punch. <laughs> Well, we might get lucky and get the fans towards the Korean version so they can find the warehouse somewhere again. Uh, uh, I'm here again for family, uh, for my Rare Foods Outerfront family, and see my family from TFYLP. Uh, Brett's here, Megalus is here as well. Um, I also came to visit a lot of people who wanted to meet me. Uh, recently, there's been a lot of news out there about a certain figure that uh, I've been asking for for several years. 
And people wanted to meet me and have me sign their figures. And it's like, why do you want me to devalue your figure by signing it? But these are fans, and I wanted to meet them and, and sign the stuff for them. Don, you sign that figure, by the way, over here? Yeah, yeah, I probably need to since it's part of a giveaway, so I probably need to do that. Will you uh, sign my chest? Later. I am not. I am not worthy of being that close to John DeLuna. Don't I, pass it up. I mean, I mean <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worthy. Right. Don, can you help me learn how to write? Uh, hey, Don, can you help me learn how to love? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm single. I work retail, so love is a foreign concept to me. Uh, but I have a cat, so I guess that's about it. Uh, Dealer room, I'm looking for a few things in the dealer room. Uh, some of the retail stuff that I can't find locally since. We just now got six shots locally for the first time, um, and I found mine back in February going to Jolanta. Uh, other than that, just whatever the third party is, the third party Rodimus, Shadowlash Rodimus, I really would like to get that. Uh, I'm also looking for oddball stuff, maybe some uh, GoBots on cards, stuff that I wasn't expecting. You know, All those early years with BotCon, uh, when I was pretty much living in the dealer's room for the first 10 years, just, just buying and buying. Because... Not, not to go on too far on a tangent, but when I first went to the first BotCon in 94, I didn't know any of this stuff existed. I didn't know about the Japanese stuff. I didn't know about the European stuff. I thought I knew everything. And I walked in the door, and I was wrong. <laughs> I was really wrong. So the first 10 years, I lived in the dealer room. Now I don't have to do that. I spend more time with my friends and my family. Don't you touch that button. <laughs> so uh, I'm just looking forward to hanging out and just being with a lot of my friends this time and finding a couple of goodies. All the button says is push. It doesn't say what it does. It just, it just literally says push. <laughs> don't ever give me a button. It's a cough button. <laughs> uh, thank you. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, the panels that I'm, I'm, I'm helping with because I have a lot of fun doing those. Kind of a jam. That's creaky. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to set up a couple interviews. That I, I haven't done enough interviews for the last little while to make myself feel happy. Because for me, doing interviews is like my form of getting an autograph. Um, but yeah, those, those NMC asterisk things are like very severely my jam. Because I like, I like goatee Calidus. Every Calidus that isn't the red one just looks better and better. Because yeah. there's so much more contrasting color, and it yeah. brings out more and more of the figure. And Kultur, their Tarn, is one of my single favorite figures. It's actually become a figure that is damaging my ability to talk about other MC figures, because I keep going like, so here's how I call this figure. Anyway, it's no Kultur. I've said that like 15 times. Well, uh, but basically, it's Fire Dust Kultur. Basically, we stop it. Right, Fire Dust Kultur, with an auto, the, the one thing when I was like, hey, asterisk, Kultor, and they're doing goatee Calidus, they should give him a big Autobot symbol mess. That'd be cool. And then I see the friggin' <laughs> photographs, and I'm like, this is like borderline bribery, except I don't think that's how bribery works. Um, <laughs> English is difficult sometimes. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm also, I'm, I'm also I was always looking forward to seeing, you know, family's a great word for it, although I, I was going to cut in briefly and say it sounded like you guys were actually breeding podcasters. Uh, and if you are. Can I get in on that a little bit? I can Absolutely. have a surplus. <laughs> it's not like I want new podcasters. I just want ones I can put in the line of fire that would otherwise risk the core podcasters. So basically you want clone podcasters. Yes. Uh, basically I want clones of myself. 
Well, if, if they can get the videos of the uh, transformation footage from the Combiner War stuff, the, uh, the second set of that out, that'd be fine. Because if I had... Th- That's greedy. If I had two more clones of myself, uh, I guarantee I would try. It, it's easy to find podcasters. All you have to do is go around and say, does anyone not want to have a life? And mostly focus on one thing all year long. Yeah, I'm, up, I'm up till at least 1 a.m. every night working on stuff. Well, this is kind of one of the little topics I want to touch on, just like podcasting itself. I have a whole segment for that on our Sunday thing, but like just briefly, mostly with, with I guess the folks that I haven't really talked to on a panel form before. Um, with podcasting, you've, you've all been doing it, I'm assuming, for a multiple of years, more than one. Um, <laughs> do you find that your attitude towards podcasting uh, changes a little bit? Do you, do you think about things you did in like year one where now you kind of see the eager you and you're like, oh, so adorable, but also I'm glad that I've changed my ways a little bit. I, I used to do the, the, the first you know, year I was on the show, like I couldn't move, I couldn't blink. I was very conscious that people may be looking at me in any second. And, and now I'm kind of just like browsing Taobao as we're doing the podcast, just waiting for something that I can talk about. So, Freaking pop-up video ads with sound have ruined that for me, because I'm just sitting there hosting a podcast going like, yeah, the fresh music, and then someone's like, what was that? And I'm like, that must have been on someone else's end. Don't play videos when we're podcasting you on professionals, as I'm like turning my speakers down. Um, I would say for me, I, I, I don't look back at anything that I did and regret it so much, because it's, it's been a learning experience. Uh, I mean, it, it, honestly, if you go back to the very first episode, I mean, I talk about this, hey, hey, y'all, this is Brian, and I am here, and I love Transformers so much. I mean, I, 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 mean, I literally sounded just about like that. Um, happy day. Happy day. So I, I actually do a podcast like that now. I do too many podcasts. But really what I regret is the things I didn't do. It's like I should have, you know, I should have went ahead and maybe reached out to this person and tried to talk to them. Or maybe I let this person... So maybe I should have uh, had a conversation with this person and maybe their podcasting experience would have been better. Or, you know, maybe I should have focused more on this topic or that topic. It's never really anything that I wish I hadn't done. It's, it's really just more I wish I had done more. I regret all the painful Massey attacks. Well, I, I think probably the, uh, I don't even remember the original question, but I remember my line of thought, so we'll just go with that. It's like the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um, you'd think I'd be used to this, you know, doing this later at night, because that is typically when we record, being in several different time zones, and especially now that we have... Uh, 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 John 3.0 moving over to California becomes even more difficult. But uh, I think in the f- over four years now, whoa, that we've been doing the twin cast, or I've been doing the twin cast, it's been on longer than that. The, the biggest adjustment has been sort of turning it into a, a, a healthy form of a long term relationship and yeah. dealing with the ebbs and flows of being excited for episodes and then sometimes not being so much, but still having to, knowing you need to come off that way for your listeners. Yeah, um, maintaining that like positive mental attitude. Not that it's like a burden or anything, but like staying in the show and not like totally checking out at times if it's not your topic. Now, I regret a little bit that the early episodes weren't as quality controlled as they could have been, but I think everyone probably feels that way. Oh, don't, yeah, don't, don't hold a bar to your like 
I mean, I'm bad about this. Whenever people say, I'm going to just start listening for episode one because I have like a house to paint. I'm like, can you start from episode yeah. 302? <laughs> but I don't know if the other guys feel this way or not. The one thing that I am proud of over the course of the show is that we have always been in different places and each one of us has kind of like not necessarily had people around us to talk to on the weekends about our hobby. So making a venue for people online to go and connect to somebody to just like hear a discussion and like when they meet us at a show or talk to us online like oh it's great it's like having someone in our living room and that's that's rewarding so I, I like that I think the, yeah the feedback aspect is always to this day as my own podcast uh, approaches it's past its ninth year it is approaching the tenth year now um, it's still it feels uh, very good to hear that anyone is enjoying the thing when it goes out because the, the thing I find that I need to overcome right now, like my current hurdle, is having done it so long, I've almost started to assume that, like, I bet there's a lot of people who kind of, like, you know, almost autopilot through the thing. Um, and I wonder if sometimes I'm autopiloting and I'm not noticing it until, like, I get into a really animate discussion where I'm yelling over the microphone. And that's and, what I was, yeah. Yeah, and, and, like, and, and because it's been going on so long, sometimes I'm always, like, I'm starting to wonder, like, Am I second-guessing myself? Like, is this autopilot a positive thing where I'm just not having to worry and concentrate too much? Or, you know, it's, 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 it's an interesting medium, I think, especially since podcasting has gotten older in general. And it's, it's, it's place now is almost, it's almost like a, it's a support medium for a greater thing around it. Like, I, transmissions is, is an easy example for me because they have, they're almost like a floating space fortress. It's a metaphor. I'm getting to it, um, where it's like there's their podcast, but then it was it was this little core, and then they built you know the listenership around it, then they built this crust of the Discord and Patreon around that, and now it's kind of like like where I used to say like podcasts generally seem to be kind of an accessory to like a greater website, a greater project, something like that. Transmissions is one of the times where I felt like no, actually a podcast can just be like a the start of a community building thing. As message boards start to change, the nature of social media changes where people go to talk to people online. It's kind of cool seeing stuff like a podcast turn into, I don't know, like if message boards could evolve into beings made entirely of light, like they shown in stuff like Babylon 5. Stay with me on this one. <laughs> I actually don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I am, but that's besides the point. Um, just quickly, uh, I wanted to ask, does anyone uh, who's chilling out want to ask us any questions? Because um, we got a mic set up there, uh, so if people want to gather at it while people are gathering or thinking of questions, if we could all quickly—if you have something you want to say, what you're doing during the show, plug something during the show—like let's let's start the shameless, let's start the pluggery. Because we are all doing a Sunday podcast panel as well, which we can we can jointly plug. Yeah. But uh, is, any, is anyone is anyone going to be hawking merch? Is anyone going to be uh, flipping you, tables? You know Don, right? <laughs> it's not his uh, Yeah, Don, what are, you, uh, what are you proposing? People peruse at uh, oh, well, the I, Don table. Oh, well, I, I just have a list now on the room-to-room board. You can tell it's just the one that's touching the floor from the top of the board. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a few things on there. But uh, other, Brown, you want to talk about the podcast we got coming up with me, me and... Uh, what are we talking about, Don? Uh, the, uh, the, the stuff we got coming up that's typically being worked on. I mean, so we got, I've always had stuff being worked on. 
but and signals. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but uh, as far as what's going on down here at TFCon USA, um, so I started a podcast called I've been talking about it for years. What happened to the Headmasters? It's basically we're watching the dubs and uh, commenting on and stuff. We all know Don's favorite thing is the dubs. Uh, the most infamous episode. Machines. The most infamous episode is "Life Can Be Sacrificed on, on peace, for Peace on Earth." It's the what's up with the headmaster? Can't they find out from Dome? Fortress Maximus has come himself. So did you consult in the room? So we're going to get together and watch that. I'll probably try to figure out how to do like a viewing party so people can get together. We can watch it, and I'll actually end up just recording it for that episode of the podcast when we finally get to it here in a couple months. Uh, we also have a video of a very special figure getting lit on fire uh, that might be of might be of interest to some people, which we can probably throw in a viewing somewhere. A pyromania is always a good time, <laughs> as long as it's done responsibly. So, for those of you who don't know, Diecast for years has been talking about burning Kronos from Daka Toys because he hates it so much. He finally did it, and I finally edited the video last night, so it's uh, ready to go. It yeah, came out great. I don't want to, I'm not trying to get spoilers here. I'm just wondering, was it hard to ignite, or did it ignite quickly? It, it was actually hard to ignite. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you see me scratching my head like, I can't believe it's not lit by now. It's gates drenched in lighter fluid. So it's like, maybe I should revise the review to add fireproof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, we've got a question here from a podcaster who joined us in Toronto, I might add. Uh, honorary Transmissions member. Um, he was. Uh, if, you, if you check out our Toronto podcast panel, uh, he came up during the back... Was it the back hour? Or the, yeah, it was the back hour. Yeah, and uh, did a darn good job, so go listen to that. Everyone out there, everyone who's listening to a recording right now, you better go listen to... Anyway, what's the question? I had the microphone, holy crap. Here's that enthusiasm. So... I think tangents are the best thing on any podcast. That's pre-order 66, I think, like the most memorable stuff are the tangents. So do people like legitimately dislike tangents? Like do you get complaints about people saying, I don't actually like tangents? Yes. I just want to say it's amazing that pre-order 66 came up when Ichabod actually was not in the room. So if anyone knows who Ichabod is and you see him, we all have to agree we're going to never tell him that anyone brought up Pre-Order 66. Uh, yeah, we, we get... Hey, over on WTF and TFW, we are a Transformers podcast by Transformers fans. Always on topic, always on time. <laughs> always lying. You shouldn't review mousetraps is all I'm saying. Listen. <laughs> we get complaints for everything. That's true. I mean, somebody may love something, somebody else hates it. And it's a, basically, it's a fine, it's tightrope you have to walk. I, I would agree, though. I really do like tangents, too, across podcasts, because it's, it lets you know more about that person, maybe in kind of like their line of thinking. Because one, of the, one of the pet peeves I have in podcasts is if it feels like somebody's performing for you, or if like, like, oh, like, I'm going to do a podcast. Here I go, I'm going to do my podcast, right? And they... It feels like they may be a different person outside of the podcast, and it's a lot, it's a lot easier listening to something when you feel like, oh, it's just like 30 minutes or an hour with this person. They're talking about something that they like, but it's that person. So the tangents really open up that person and what they like, what they don't like, what's running through their head, even though they may be supposed to be talking about X, but all of a sudden they go to Y. Like, 
I would like to thank all you guys for choosing us over the oversized Connect Four that's outside, like in the courtyard, because I really want to play that. I also really want to like get good at Connect Four. I don't know if that's even possible. I don't Hold know. If, I don't know if there's strategy to Connect Four, but I've not discovered it. It's like Plinko. When, when was there? Was no one told me about an oversized Connect Four but, outside. But, but see, that's a tangent. <laughs> That just worked out. We're going to go outside and play oversized Wait, Plinko. is this a joke or are you serious? No, it's, it's, serious. it's, it's, across, it's across the street from the oversized chessboard. Yeah, yeah. So there's an oversized chessboard. There's an oversized Connect 4 board. And I think there's something else out there. No, it wasn't chess. It was checkers. So it's a land of giants, apparently, like in Reston. But, uh, but yeah, like, that, like that's an example. It's like I'm thinking about, like, man, I just really want to play Connect 4. Like on a giant scale. But, you know, uh, if that comes out, like, uh, during the Transformers podcast, like, I have, I personally have no problem with it, because it just tells you how weird the people are you're listening to. You're playing Street Fighter Five when we do the podcast every week. Uh, I am. Possibly, yes. Yes. Who's your name? Uh, M. Bison. I like M. Bison. Thank yes. you. Yes. Underrated, underrated. People are discovering him. Delicious. Try M. Bison. Uh, I love tangents because... They open up possibilities for, for uh, discussion that you would probably not normally find under a more structured format. You do that again, you're pulling back a stump. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times on my CTF YLP, we'll have a discussion and we'll go off on tangent, but then we, we, reach, a, we reach an idea that none of us have thought of, about, and it's not really related, but it's so good that we want to discuss it at that point. So, <laughs> it's so, it's so cute to watch for the So, uh, so I like tangents because it opens up possibilities for discussions that you would normally not even think about. There's a young lady that wants to ask a question. I, if I could have finished without you touching my button, then it would have been a problem. <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so I have two questions. I feel like I should be standing on my toes for this tall. Um, okay, I can tilt it down. This should be a hinge. Of the, yeah! <laughs> okay, so two questions. What's your favorite Transformers character? Not the toy, but the actual character. And two is, how do you guys overcome project fatigue? Because I just get distracted or I get bored and I stop whatever I was doing for six or eight months and then I go back to it and everyone who was actually following it's gone. Forever. Although the favorite character thing... I almost would, I'd like to offer sometimes like, we get a lot of questions that are kind of favorite on the podcast and um, going a little bit back to that, that off topic thing one thing I found doing a podcast long enough is I get, a, I get a sense of rhythm and when it comes to favorite character stuff I always like to try to I try to force other podcasters to shotgun through it just to see what comes out first so what if we shotgun around favorite character well I'm not going to say RC because that's the given but one of my, my favorite two characters would be Trax and Cosmos pow chick. Skyfire. Pouch a chick! Me favorite king. Pouch a chick! Sunder! Pouch. Beast Wars Megatron. That's Whirl. Crazy Frank Booker Galatron. Wow. I'm the Optimus Prime in the group. <laughs> <laughs> and he's very wise and very tactical in keeping a safe distance from all the people who are like, I like Galatron. I like IEW Sunder. Uh, I like your question about the uh, how do you keep yourself focused because I've that problem or sometimes I just run out of time on one project and if I'm not finished I start another so I try and I try and complete that project within 
a time period that I know I actually have to set aside for said project. Uh, because sometimes when the project takes longer, I just forget about it and start working on something else. So uh, I, ha I have about five or six reviews that I've reviewed and never edited to put up. I have uh, f four or five review scripts I've recorded the audio for. Compartmentalizing stuff makes it easier for me to feel like I have something to do, even if it's not the one project. The downside is I... I am not good at spinning the plates I set myself up to spin. There's an episode of WTF and TFW that we recorded some days ago that I thought I'd edited, in which we answer a question about how to do a thing in the dealer room tomorrow. Yeah. And I realized when someone asked me that question in the lobby today, I never finished editing that podcast. I don't think. I need to double check. But... Yeah, the, the project fatigue is, for me is to just barrage myself with things to do with the weakness that because I'm a very bad self-boss, I also don't check and balance myself very well. But it keeps me going, whereas my personality is if I, if I focus too long on something and it's not getting done and I start feeling like I'm letting people down, I just sort of lock up. Um, so having things to turn to just helps keep my cogs going. With a podcast, though, that goes on for a really long time, I think there's almost another form of this, which is worrying about listener fatigue. Like, every now and then I kind of sit there and just go, like, is anyone listening? Yeah. Like, I don't actually, like, I see their replies, but, like, I don't know if they're listening, listening. And then I get over it. But, it, you know, it'll flash every now and then. And then I'll get a reply where it's like, I have a really fun time talking to a listener. And it's like, okay, you know what? It's worth it because I had this great conversation here. Or, you know, get to meet new people. Like, the, the, fir the, the first one or two times I, I popped over onto transmissions, um, I was like, no, this is still worth doing this, because now, you know, maybe I'm a little bit tired of hosting and editing a podcast, but now I just popped into someone else's where I'm making someone else a whole lot of work. <laughs> and I feel rejuvenated, because I got to have the conversation, but I don't have to think about editing it afterwards. Thank you. No problem. Uh, <laughs> one thing that yeah, we do, and... and uh, Counterpunch can speak to this a little bit as well, is that we have a pretty big regular group. It's nine people, so we like to delegate things out. So we're bi-weekly. We have a lot of people to delegate to. And uh, also just keeping a supportive team really helps with that because uh, hosting an episode every other week for, I mean, it was almost two and a half years straight at one point for me. And I just had to at one point go, like, I need to not do a show for like a month. Is that cool? And everybody was like, we got it. We got this. Um, so having that big kind of, you know, keeping you know, the RC guys have talked about kind of having your little family, uh, it really does, I think, help with that when it's not just you having to do everything all the time. I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to work towards the Vince McMahon lifestyle of sleep four hours a day, but I don't want to work in the part where I also, like, just, you know, where you go crazy. I may be over two hours a day. I already do four hours a day. <laughs> I was going to say something about orally taking cocaine, but that was yeah. better for me. Steroids. Could you say the question one more time? Oh, um, how do you overcome project fatigue? <clears throat> I'm sure everybody agrees with me. I love the podcast, and I love Transformers. I, I, I love doing this, which is crazy. But I'm a stay-at-home dad, and... From the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes to bed, my life is not mine. And after she goes to bed, I have to wait two hours to make sure she's in a deep sleep. And then, if I'm lucky, I've got two hours a night bleeding on into 2 a.m. to edit, write content, produce content. And 
it's to me it's not I, I, I don't feel like I ever get fatigued because I'm creating something and I really like that I really love the fact that I create something my biggest problem is it's do I video this podcast do I edit this podcast do I rewrite this script or do I play Grand Theft Auto online that's that's my thing and uh, the rest of the guys that are on transmissions who are listening to this hate you right now because I can go hours about this because I have a whole project management system so if, if you care come talk to me afterwards but I, we all just love doing this I think that because of that we make time for it I think that what podcasts are now as well where, where especially if you're doing a very like I would say Transformers is a niche type of podcast it's a big niche mm-hmm. but it is still in its, at the end of the day it's for Transformers fans uh, first and foremost you can't really do this with this aspiration of like turning it into an empire turning it into I don't know like something bigger than but that aspiration's got me going man well what I'm so the place I'm going that did sound way more negative than I <laughs> So many theoretical internet dollars between everybody up here. I was going to say, when you, we're not going to get rich off this. But you're yeah. all going to get paid. You just have to talk to my assistant. He's a oh, there he, he left the room. Sorry. Um, but if you're still if you're into a podcast, you've been doing a podcast for years, and it's 2017. I think at the very core, it's because you do really enjoy this, and it's something I remind myself of sometimes when I have a frustrated moment, and I'm just like, ah, you know, like uh, I, I stop and go, like, all right. How do I feel? I'm going to think now. What if I stopped doing this? What would the next couple of months feel like? And then usually I sit there and I go, like, I would feel really disappointed. So then I'll, you know, get back to doing it. Think about the things that work. Think about all the times people have nice things to say. You know, basically butter myself up and cover myself in candy memories. Um, and then go to sleep. So one thing, um, yeah, Transformers, is, it's, it's a niche. It's, it's a fairly good-sized niche. But I've tried to venture it into other things. Like my co-host, uh, J.D. Hogg, back there, professional wrestler, we, we did a wrestling podcast for a while. Man, we didn't get more than 100 downloads on it because nobody cares to listen to me talk about wrestling. So moving, like, I'm in the niche. It's, there's momentum. You know, we have an audience. And getting an audience outside, it's really hard, especially when you already have an audience in something else. And staying motivated to do it, it's just... You know, I, I couldn't do it. So for people out there who start something new without already, like, an engine behind you, you know, God bless you because that's awesome. And uh, I just, I don't have the energy for that. I had a quick wrestling question for you, and I promise this is brief. Did you, for a moment, think when Vince McMahon took a Shibata headbutt, he had a blood pack on his forehead? Because I thought so for a second. I so thought that he had pre-bladed and had put uh, uh, second skin over it. Yeah, until I saw the slow motion, I was convinced. And I was like, no, wait, no, he's just insane. He's an he's insane 70-something-year-old man who had a young Canadian man headbutt him really hard so he'd bleed out of his head because he's crazy. Anyway, it's a real thing that happened. Yeah, like two weeks ago. It's really dumb. Why, why are we talking about this? It's my fault. Never mind. <laughs> Thank you. You sure, though? Okay, because he held that in for a while. If it was like, He's Vince McMahon. Of course he did. He just clenched his forehead to make the blood stop. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. What character or version of the character would you most want a third-party company to do? Is a really awkward way to phrase that question. Yeah, it's you know, kind of like what you what you've been, I guess. Realisticness aside, when you just kind of sit there, go like, man, will you just make me this big daddy? I guess who's left? I mean, there's not uh, big red. 
that, that should have been the panel. I mean, that, there's not many characters left really at this point, right? Well, I got one because I thought that if you, I think I have a podcast from 08 or 09 where I was like, this will happen next year. Signal Lancer. Yeah. His show model goes through a step-by-step of how the transformation would even work. And everyone's just like, you know, you know what? No. No. Traffic lights are stupid. Like, that's probably not what people are saying. But it's the feeling I get. And what if I really like traffic lights? What if? Dead silence. <laughs> no, I've got three things I want to see. One, an animated Omega Supreme, obviously. Two, Omnibots. I think, I think, I think you want Omnibots. Has no, they haven't. No, not, not oh, really. Okay. And I also, I also want to see someone to make that damn flying purple griffin from Ariel Assart and give it a robot mode, because I think that would be the coolest thing, because then they could repaint it into a base and call it Fortress Maximal. Oh, and by the way, by the way, Angeles, Lyle Kaiser would work as Galvagar. I really think it would. I mean, I guess in the Photoshop. Uh, what was the second one he had? Uh... It was, it was Astro Train as, a, as a Dagon X, and it was Ultra Magnus as Excalibur. Right. Oh, oh, oh no, not, not the Easter question. The, the ones that... Yeah. yeah Omni, G1 Omnibots. So, yeah, Omnibots. There was artwork for Omnibots from someone, but it, it didn't get made. Yeah, it went as far as artwork. So I was like, I remember seeing something, but yeah. This has been something I've been asking for for a couple years now. I, I really want a third-party Unicron, like, 1986 movie style, and then I've heard people say, like, oh, it's gonna be, like, four or $500. Like, I don't care. That is the one figure that I would pay that much, and I would be happy if it was as big as uh, Fans Toys Omega Supreme. I hope Fans well, Toys Mars. does it. <laughs> so that's where you win the lottery, and you're just like, no, listen, I've gone to the Aaron Archer panel. I have $500,000 I don't need. I will pay the labor. I will pay the steel bowls. I will live in China for a year. I won the lottery. I can do what I want. I will buy Ben's toys just to get that figure. <laughs> and they will only make one. And it will say one out of four diecast two. <laughs> Kind of a real answer: a Transformers Prime Arachnid that doesn't suck. There was like a brief moment where it felt like you were bracing for like a backlash. Yeah, like, hey! I feel like that's no. another figure that we saw that someone was going to make and then it never got made. Yeah, I, that's getting into fuzzy memories. Yeah, yeah. There's that horrible pain in the neck resin kit uh, for all the legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's a Shapeways kit for the Legion toy to have a bunch of legs. Uh, so my default kind of cop-out answer for this is always uh, none of them, because um, then, in that case, it's a perfect world, and Hasbro has made nice, uh, acceptable, fun, and much less expensive versions of all these things. Um, but that aside, uh, seeing that the R.I.D. line is winding down, uh, it, it seems, for Hasbro, and I've watched them come to NYCC in two weeks and have... 
eight more figures. We need all the Decepticons. So yeah, there's a. I know not a whole ton of people have been into that show, and there hasn't been a lot of collector focus on it. But I've personally enjoyed it quite a bit. There's a lot of really good characters in that show that have not been made into toys. So uh, if Hasbro is not keen to do that themselves, and I hope that they do, because a lot of those warriors are great, great, uh, then uh, the, then the uh, third-party com- uh, unlicensed companies would go for that. Do you ever get the feeling that they got the character design team for that show and then just told them, no, no, your price point's $30 per figure. Just design us a bunch of Decepticons. And then, like, they just, you know, they say, by the way, we're worried about internet leaks, so if you can just design a we're not, you can't go online, you have to isolate yourselves. We're totally going to make toys, put lots of work into them. The, the really frustrating part is the characters in the show that are repaints of existing toys. Yeah, or like, the, they just handed them toys to make. They're like, here, make them. They're like, we'll repack strong arm for the eighth time. Or the characters that are repaints of characters that don't have toys. So there are redecos of them in the show, but they aren't even a toy. I'm just like, you didn't tell them, did you? You didn't tell them what the toy line was. You just assured them. Everything's up. It's fine. <laughs> I would just like to see Mastermind get back into the Combiners game. I... I uh, TFC's PiranhaCon or their take on PiranhaCon was okay maybe not exactly my flavor but uh, Feral Rex was such a triumph of you know engineering and, and just project management and they pulled it off pretty smoothly uh, I would just like to see them kind of dip their toe back into the combiners game and see what comes out especially now after all their learnings and Everything they've done since then has just gotten overall progressively better, and they've gotten even more polished than they were back then. I'd be interested to see what they can do now. Thank you. Uh, any other questions? Or uh, oh, okay. hey guys, hey, let's go. So I must confess that I figured out how to listen to and started listening to podcasts much, much later than when you guys all started. Um, love it. Just, A, say thank you for what you do. I think it's a good, it's a great thing uh, in terms of generating new talk, touchdown, you know, creating community and uh, a forum for people in general. Um, in, I, it occurs to me that we live in now a time of Transformer Nirvana. We have movies, live action, we have movie toys, we have generations which are like, let's create a whole product line around nostalgia, um, then we love them, and we've got toys for kids, and shows for kids, and I don't even think so much we don't, we, we can't, any of us touch on all of these subjects, there's so much going on. Um, I wondered if you might talk about, so like in a webpage situation, you you can try to, try to uh, cover as many, and really frankly, since I'm not monitoring a page that's, that was made 20 years ago, if somebody happens to be really into older stuff, they get to it. But I wonder if you guys might talk about, you know, the bubble can't be this, I, maybe it can, I would love to think that we just stay, the company stays this engaged in the fandom, and the, the number of people in the community stays as interested and engaged forever. Um, that's a happy thought, just maybe leave it there. But, um, from a historical perspective, you guys, most of you started at a time when there's one line, and frankly, most fans didn't uh, didn't care about it. You know, I mean, it was more on the fringe that we were into. You had to be on the fringe if you started at the Armada time, um, 
or, or even Beast Machines, or Beast Wars, frankly. It was very narrow, much more narrow uh, fandom. So I wondered if you might talk about where where might you guys go in podcasting if you wind up if we wind up becoming more narrow again, which eventually inevitably seems like it might have to. Yeah, like everything squeezes back down and Transformers becomes like yeah. thirty toys a year tops, including all the one steps and everything. I'd take a friggin' nap. <laughs> <laughs> so Go ahead. Yeah, what, one thing that we have done a little bit of, and not as much as I would like to, but in fact I mentioned it in our last episode was like this, is uh, for the IDW comics in particular, where that is a niche within a niche, especially for their sales numbers. Uh, <laughs> somebody got it. Anyway, uh, we kind of started to just do separate shows where we talk about that, because I think a lot of our general audience zones out or skips it, because we're right on... And we found, just learning from a lot of the feedback, a lot of our audience buys the trade paperbacks. We're getting the stuff and reading it right as it comes out monthly. And so they get to that part of the episode if it's an irregular one about toys and they just zone out. So we kind of started seeing and experimenting with just putting all of that out into separate episodes. So that stuff like that kind of stratification and putting in different verticals I think would be uh, the, the, something to do. And I think Transmissions has uh, done a lot of that as well. Going back to something Evangelist had mentioned a couple of minutes ago about being an autopilot, I feel that there's so much going on that's kind of easy to be on auto- autopilot because you have so much access to news and information, new comics, resources, interviews. When we first started doing RFC, when I first started doing RFC, uh, Beast Machines was on the, air, on the air. There were no comics. There was nothing. And the creation of the show was much more um, a matter of creativity. The content that I was producing wasn't commentary on something. It was a creative uh, platform. I would have to write humorous news. Um, we would have to do specifically do reviews on the show of old toys. We had to actually, I reviewed the Beast Machines episodes that aired uh, because there was just less to draw from. And it took a lot more time to do that back then than to do the show now. So it would have to be a lot of moving back into that sort of creative space where I'm creating original content around, like, like writing fan fiction, that sort of creativity, less the commentary around the, a lot of stuff that we're getting. Yeah, like, like just to speak to how we do things at WTF when I put topic lists together, I always have this tiered plan. And it's usually, all right, was there big news that we also are all interested in? Because like, one, one thing as, as a growing podcast is I learned, sometimes there's news that I know me and the other hosts will all glaze over if we talk about it. So I'll just leave it out. And if someone asks, why did you not talk about it? I just say, you know, we all were pretty sure we didn't have that much to add. And then I think, like, all right, when we finally get a slow news week, then we can start digging into listener questions. And we run out of those, then we will start just pulling out of the well of topics that we know are there about Transformers that, as a show where we constantly talk about news and then ourselves, we just don't get into. The thing is, I never get past Tier 2. We get a slow week, long enough for me to start digging through listener questions, and before I run out of those, news comes back again. So, um, like, yeah, like, right now... Uh, but, like even though I have plans in mind and I have like, thoughts about like what we can do if you know this becomes like the Thundercats podcasts really kicked into gear when that new show started, and then you know that's not a show anymore, and you kind of think about like okay, what those folks have to go through, and I'm always ever since that especially happened, I was like, all right, like I should always think about like how would I still engage with this hobby I really like in a media making way, and then I have plans and I never get past tier two because of the current 
way things work. So I try to live in the moment with Transformers because five years ago I thought we hit a peak. And then I thought when oil, the oil price crash affecting toys happened, I thought, all right, we're now going to hit that rocky part. But then it kind of went back up again. So now I just take every year of Transformers you know, in the present. I just get excited. It's really cool. I admit I don't speculate much anymore because I just like to focus on what's happening now. And then in doing so, just think like, all right, and then next year, maybe the whole thing falls apart. And if it does, we still have plenty of listener questions to go through. I think the ball's starting to burst. I mean, you know, things are slowing down. The movies have, have been making less and less money. Um, and that's going to filter down uh, through the fandom. Uh, my personal self, uh, if there's not as much to do, not as many toys coming out, I think I'm going to jump into other aspects. Like, I'm not a very big comic person, but it's something I'm aware of and something I know other fans enjoy. So I think if I have extra time in my Transformers time during the week that that's something that I would personally look into is start reading the comics or start, you know, maybe doing customs or, you know, something. There's, there's, a, there's always stuff to do even if there's no new media or no new toys. It's such a weird fandom in that, like, it, it's like, it's so massive and dense where if you focus on anything, you have also built up an archive of weeks of stuff you could do. Uh, in focusing on one thing. And it's like, these are the kind of things usually you ascribe to, like, a Star Wars or a Star Trek. And, like, Transformers ain't that, really. But it somehow just is this constant bowling ball of, uh, of, of media types and ideas. Um, I guess now, because this fandom has been around for so long, there's, just, there's always so much thought that in doing a weekly podcast, I miss so much just doing a weekly podcast. Uh, that like yeah, I, I still have, like like you're saying. If news stops, there's comics to go into. If we run out of comics, we could do like some of those weird novels, you know? Like <laughs> we can go into the video games. Those great, wonderful. I heard so many great things about those novels. They're, the first one's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if if the news dried up and we uh, and we were hard pressed for information or we not to do a show. You know, the good thing about Transformers fandom is with it being now over 30 years, uh, the one thing about Brave Angelus, you probably remember this, is that every year was some boy's first giant robot. Was the kind of, That's why during the Brave sagas, nothing interacted, because every year was a clean break from the year before, and there was no carryover until you got to the video games. And that's the only time they've really interconnected, and maybe, maybe some manga as well. So you can go back, if there wasn't a lot of current information going on, you can go back into the history of Transformers and look at, say, Brave, or you can look at Generation 1, you know, like what Chris McFeely is doing, The Basics, that's on YouTube. Yeah. For people now that is in getting into the fandom from the movies or their older brother or whatever, and they don't know about the history. It's like, it's like me when I was BotCon. I didn't know anything about the Japanese and the European world of Transformers. But you've got people coming in nowadays that think the first movie was where it all started or uh, Armada was the first thing and don't know anything about the stuff pre-Armada. So there's, there's, enough, there's enough history now that you can go back and educate the, the new fans on what came before to give them a better idea of where all this came from. Yeah, like, like, like essay-style thought about Transformers 
it happens now and then, but you know, everyone's so distracted by news that often it's like, I'm going to get to that next week after I stop you know, thinking about this new fresh thing. I feel like as a fandom, if you know, the brand dies, we're going to suddenly have this whiplash effect of like, all these fans who had this one video essay even like that they were thinking of for years, and they're like, well, I guess now's the time to do this. Coupled with if Transformers is super gone, maybe we could finally have like those even deeper in-depth designer talks, you know, once there's no more product at stake. Like, it's it's really weird that Transformers is the one where I'm always like thinking it's ending just means we start the massive growing backlog that's been piling up for like at least fifteen years. Yeah, I'd probably start working with these guys to document some of the uh, weird exclusives that came around in the uh, trilogy era that just have been forgotten about or disappearing from eBay. Yeah. As is, I, I, I try to check myself, because I mean, I also like Transformers a lot more than a lot of other things, so I, I try to not blind myself to thinking, like, man, Transformers is the perfect medium. Everything is in Transformers. But it's like, you know, for something that's uh, built on the back of a uh, toy commercial that was built on the back of unifying a bunch of other toy lines, I think through a bit of, like, just raw luck, it's, like, just turned into this gi- gigantic mound of really cool ideas. Um, I think we answered your question at some point. Right. You got a thumbs up? All right. Did you have a question as well? We should probably make this the last one. Um, Thanks. Um, I'm a pretty big uh, MPG1 collector, and I've been looking at all the new Megatrons that have been coming out. I've been stuck with my MP5 forever, and I'm looking at it. Thank you. And uh, I've been looking to upgrade it, and I know there's so many on the market right now, and I'm just having trouble kind of sifting through and figuring out which one that I want. Is the right one on the market right now, or am I waiting for fans to always come out with something? Do you? Okay. You should, were you there for the panel before this panel? I was. I came in late. There's a whole lot of that panel that kind of relates to that talk, but like, so for you, what I'd ask you is, okay, I'm not gonna go super deep on it, because like, one question would be like, specifically, what about MP5? Can you identify anything really specific about MP5 that you don't like? It's floppy and it's just out of scale compared to everything that's on the market right now. Okay, MP36 definitely won't give you that. MP36 is a really cool piece of toy. The thing is, you have to be into a couple things. You have to be into that the cartoon Sunbow aesthetic. Uh, and you have to be ready to kind of follow a video manual style approach to messing with the thing because that's one of these toys where um, even if the instructions are great, there are a lot of things about that figure that are very tactile based. Like there are ways to move the thing. If you look at a picture of how it moves, that doesn't inform you of the feel and sound of knowing that you're actually doing things right. So if you don't know the thing's supposed to make this certain (laughs) noise, you might just think you broke something. And something the manual doesn't lay out very well, the videos can, with sufficient uh, warning, there are parts in that figure where there's a very specific order of operations, and it's possible to trap a component between folding bits, a non-important component, but I still broke one of those little clips off. Um, it doesn't affect anything, it's, it's behind on his butt. I, I patted my kidney, that's not where my butt is, I, I missed real bad. But if MP36 looks cool to you, like, it's, it's a solid piece, it's just very expensive. Um, partly for all the extra parts in the electronics. If you think some of the third-party ones look good to you as well, like, I, I have lots of nice things to say about Make Toys version, Despatron. It's a very just chunky, playable toy. Uh, it suffers from having some slidey bits in the legs, which can be tweaked on the user end, I feel, without too much delving into tools. I hear someone might have done some of that. I just realized that yours is the video that I was thinking of. I took out the hammer and just started. Yeah, it's freaking the most terrifying video. Well, there's other ones, but pretty scary video. Um, So Despotron and MP36, to me, are two of the real, like, between those two, 
they catch a lot of high points in different you know, Venn diagrams. If neither of those two are doing something for you, I'd say look at the other ones, but those two, if you're not getting anything from those two, you probably are still waiting for your perfect one. Well, you also may want to wait a little bit longer because Zhang is also making their own Masterpiece Megatron. It's an original, it's an original mold from them, but it's, it's based on all the Megatrons, that from what, from what the translation I've read. Yeah. Is that it's based on all the Megatrons that have come out before. It's really uh, weird. They had, they had it in Toronto in great prototype form. And it, it, like, it looks neat, but it's also like, because at first glance, you want to start going like, ah, they took this bit and this bit, but it's like, there's no way you could actually fuse that part of MP36 physically onto that part of, you know, Despotron. Yeah. It's, a, it's a weird piece. And Laserbeak turns into a silencer? Yes. Uh, that is awesome. So, so it's, not, it's not G1 accurate, but that with YJ's level of quality, because I came in late, but I have, I have the upscale evasion mode prime, like the regular and the, and the black version. Mm. They upscaled it, added diecast, added parts and made it a better figure than what they based it off of, in my opinion. So, you know, you do have that coming up as well. So there may not be a one best Megatron. It may just be, unfortunately, with a lot of the Masterpiece stuff, third party, it's the best one they have right now because I have a Polyon because that was the best I had at the time. And, I, and Megatron is not a super important character to have the best version if I, as long as I've got a good prime for him to go with. And then I saw the one by Wai Zhang, it's like, this looks really interesting. It's, it's kind of like the like, like I told some people before we've asked the question. The first thing they think of is, do you want Toy Megatron or do you want Toon Megatron? And then put comics somewhere in between them, and then kind of like that's the starting point, uh, and then figure out like what aligns with your taste the most. Uh, I really like MP36. Price yeah. aside, um, it, it's it's a really cool piece of transforming tech um, outside of being a Megatron. Like it, it's worth experiencing. Um, I wish it wasn't so expensive. I, I see how it became that expensive because um, it's also coated in paint uh, in a lot of places. Like it's it's a very high value piece. Um, it's just inaccessible in that way. I, I'm scared to transform it. Actually, I, I admit that's one figure I've never transformed. I took it out of the box and put it in my detolf, and it looks real nice. And I was actually thinking about buying a KO because uh, there's two, at least two. Uh, one to one KOs coming out of the MP36 mold, and I, I want to buy one just to experience the transformation of it. Megatron. Yeah, <laughs> he's my transformation Megatron. Just to, you know, just in case it falls on the ground and goes into three or four pieces, at least I only paid like sixty bucks as opposed to like whatever we paid for the original, like a hundred and. 200-something-Canadians. As just dedicated instructional videos, because he he found a really good video formula for instructions that uh, flows faster than a lot of other step by step videos do. And considering you may be watching him and not understanding what he's saying, uh, he communicates a lot of motions really well. And his camera is close enough. And this is really key. And Bandai couldn't pull this off with their frigging Macross Siegfried video. You can hear what the toy is doing, and it's so important that. Bandai did an instructional video for a really expensive, similarly expensive jet uh, from Macross Delta. And they put up a video instruction thing 
it was shot in, you know, it was like shot with your phone like this, and then they put borders on either side to try to cover for it, and the audio was gone, and they put generic techno music over the thing. I then got the toy, and I was messing with the thing, and I'm like, I go to Woods Office video afterwards so I can hear what's happening, and I'm like, without knowing the noises the plastic and joints are supposed to make, I have no idea if I'm breaking this thing, doing the because th in the video it's like it, dead silence basically. You see an arm go like, like that, and it's like you got to know what noise that makes too. If there's a creak before it, you know, if if you if you hear a peg separation, without that, this instruction video is like, uh, is is um, the thing where you get shot in the legs and can't walk anymore. Kneecapped, Knee hamstrung. Sometimes I forget words. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know if we answered your question or not. Well, you gave me some insight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Because uh, we're, we're keeping the AV team here, and I feel bad. So uh, we, should, we should close this up. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> oh, there we got signal. All right. That's the, that's the three-minute signal. So we'll start winding down. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to uh, come and see some more podcasting post-show, and it's also not, not to, to buff our finishes, it's a great way to relax post-show. Um, drop on by uh, after the organizer Q&A. Stick around for the organizer Q&A as well. Uh, sometimes there's some pretty cool stuff in there, info-wise. And then we'll all be back. We're going to do a, a longer... This actually went longer. But we're going to do a double longer version. We're going to be here until Monday. Uh, and there's going to be some... <laughs> I need to call my boss. I am. Uh, and there's going to be some raffle prizes. And uh, we still need to get raffle tickets because I forgot to find some before I got on an airplane. There is a Staples close by. Oh, this is Staples. Okay. Because I went to CVS, and the one thing they didn't have was raffle tickets. Yeah, it's Staples. Okay. Um, so we're going to have a raffle. There's going to be some prizes. Should we say what some of the prizes are? I, I mean, did I bring the only ones? Because then I know what they all are. I brought a couple of things, but they're... Okay. Those will be surprises. Okay. So here's what I brought for the raffle, all right? The big one we have is an open and play Big Spring that I messed around with for a review. And it, uh, also, we used the box for the raffle draw <laughs> in Toronto, so it still has all the used tickets in it. That makes it more valuable. Um, so that's kind of the big prize. Uh, and then the, the bonus prizes are a loose Titans Return Tidal Wave, because I got gifted one and I already had it, so I'm re-gifting it to the raffle. And then the third thing is, uh, I'm gonna, I gotta make the Certificate of Authenticity still. Uh, it is an opened and then hastily repackaged until I realized I didn't have the receipt anymore. Titans Return Twin Twist with two right hands. So it is a, a official, <laughs> confirmed, Titans Return Deluxe Twin Twist with exclusive two right hands. CT and case for it. C10? No, it's more like C1 because it's literally been opened. <laughs> to confirm the garbage. <laughs> to confirm the, the two. I didn't see his hands were the same when I pulled him off the peg. Did you review the open and play? Because that makes it worth a little bit more. So that open and play that we're raffling uh, is the one that is in the review. I shot a whole lot of that footage going into 5.30 in the morning yesterday because I realized I needed to use that one. Because I have another big spring that I modified with magnets and then a good chunk of my review is talking about the thing, this torso flap, yeah. and then I realized if I talk about that, and then I try to show it, and you see user-installed magnets inside the thing, it might undermine my point a little, or confuse, so it is the one that is going to be in at least 60% of the footage of the video review, um, and it comes with everything, it's, it's complete, it's not broken either, uh, if you want to break it, it's up to you, it's free. <laughs> 
don't worry, there's plenty of springers to get a replacement. Uh, just wait for You me. know what, that question about who I want to see a third party do, I, I really could use a springer. <laughs> like, I feel like we've been ignoring, you know, the, the seminal Neil Ross um, soldier. And we, we could do with some. I actually got a weird thing. I'll close up. We got, I got a weird thing about the springers. So you know how in the animation, Springer, now thanks to all these toys, I had this confirmed, Springer's car mode is garbage, how it kind of tapers into a little fishtail at the back. And so the, the toys that everyone is into is like, oh, this one replicates the garbage look of the vehicle mode. And then people start laying into the unofficial Springers that have nice, even, boxy, armored car, armored car modes. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm like an alien, because like, I'll see people go like, I can't believe how inaccurate this car mode is. This one's much better. And then the one that's much better is like, two little wheels in the back. Just like, well, at this point, I want fans project to basically announce they're doing a masterpiece version of Defender, and just bring the first Springer back. Oh, it's a masterpiece Defender. Still no heels. Still no heels. That's how you know it's made with love. All right, uh, I, I have a bad habit of never ending doing things, so I'm going to make myself end this right now. Um, so thank you all for joining me up here, and see you all on Sunday, hopefully. Thank Anyone you. here not going to be able to make it Sunday? Probably not going to be able to make it? Okay, well, thanks for coming on out. Are you probably not out? Probably gone. All right, well, okay, you, you two guys are our, our heroes going on ahead to the brave new world of after the convention. So, <laughs> back to North Carolina. Back to North Carolina. Um, you too, even if you don't live there, sorry. I do. Oh, well, conveniently. This is a good thing. Um, thank you for coming out for this and participating. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, uh, thank you all for chilling out this late. Uh, I hope that you all didn't have better things to do. That sounded better in my head. Well, now, now they know they had something better to do. Yeah, go play Connect 4. Oh, no, they closed that up. I called ahead. I sent a text message not to let any of you. If I can't play it, no one. Really? Oh, we need to get. Let's we can, go. We can play on the fire truck. No, no. Uh, well, what's the point uh, then? What's it for? Must have Wait, fire trucks are real? Like they actually? Yeah, they were free podcasts, and we'll set the name for on fire next. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good night. Good night. Oh. You I, I already burned it, so... I He's just going to go in the lobby of a hotel. <laughs> this is for a podcast, all right? I'm important! <laughs> maybe, we can, uh, maybe we can play it at some point. We need to. Uh, by the way, anyone who's going for early dealer room stuff, good luck. Uh, we're all rooting for you, unless you're going for something we want. Do you know how many asterisks they have? <laughs> I don't. Don't buy any asterisk until he has one. You don't want that figure anyway. Yeah, we are. Gar- gar- bunch of Botcon garbage. Why does Rodimus have a goatee anyway? It's stupid. <laughs> and who wants an orange tarn? I mean, yeah, dumb. Uh, I do have both those. Tarns. If you guys keep sitting here staring at us, we're going to keep talking. <laughs> Again, thanks to Vangelis for the audio and for the invitation. In a couple of days, I'll post the Sunday panel. I was not a part of that panel. I left TFCon USA earlier that morning, so I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. So I'll go ahead and have that posted early next week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go.